podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. Uh, my name's Lewis and today uh, I'm joined by my usual cast of Daniel Shabbs and Sean. How you doing, lads? That's good. How's it going? And I've also got a very special guest with me today. Uh, we've got the Daily Mail's uh, Premier League reporter, Sammy Mockbell. How you doing, mate? Hi, guys. How you all doing? Too hot. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it, mate. Tell it's me about hot. it. But we we'd, we'd only be moaning if it was, if it was minus two, so we can't win, I suppose. I know, we've got to kind of take the rough with the smooth, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's I right. know. And, we, I, and I, I was bantering you about your hair before the, uh, the podcast. I won't do it on the podcast. No, feel free. Listen, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. You can't miss it. So, you know, while long, long, you know, July the 4th, roll on. I hear that. Amen. What's Amen. happening with... So what, what would I do? Are they, because obviously barbers, you, don't, you can't necessarily book in, can you? So... We just have I to queue, out, queue do... outside. Mine don't. So you queue outside for the whole day. What? <laughs> I think I think some barbers do, but yeah, I think you. Yeah, I think we're all going to be in the same boat. We're just going to be queuing outside. Like barbers yeah. are going to be like Tesco was like two months. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just a load of lads with long hair, just with, <laughs> with, with masks on, just queuing outside. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. um, before we get started, guys, just want to point you in the direction of our Discord server. Approaching five hundred members on there, so. Join there. We've got live match chats and loads of stuff on there. Um, also, this pod will be available on YouTube. So if you do want to see Sammy's hair, um, <laughs> you are welcome to tune in on YouTube and subscribe to us on there. Um, and yeah, just follow us on the Touchy Gunas on Twitter if you haven't done so already. Um, Sammy, how is this week playing out in terms of like covering Arsenal in general? Because I know most weeks are quite entertaining and dramatic 
when you're covering Arsenal. But yeah. this week kind of seems well, not even just the, like since the season started, since the City game. This this like last nine days or so seems to have been mm. a whole new level. So how's it been? Has it been really busy for you? It's all right. Yeah. Listen, the the, the whole project restart thing. Anyway, it was always going to be massively busy. For, for 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 a journalist and a, you know a Premier League reporter, but one that has a keen eye on Arsenal, you know you're you you from the from from the outset you're looking to see um, how obviously how they that they how they spent their time how fit they are. Um, obviously against City didn't look particularly um, wasn't particularly pleasant watching for for Arsenal supporters. They did have the injuries, the Jacker injury, I think as much as you know he gets a lot of stick. From you guys, but um, definitely I, us guys, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 you take. I, I look at the Arsenal midfield, and I, and I, and I take him out of there, and I just don't think they're as cohesive uh, without him in the side. Listen, opinions vary, and I know, I know he's quite a divisive figure, isn't he, Jacko, amongst amongst the supporter base. But I think you take him out, you take him out of the team, and I just think that that, that certainly that midfield area. Uh, certainly lacks a bit of cohesion. Uh, the Mari uh, injury was obviously a, another blow. You know, we don't we don't know too much about him, but he must have impressed Arteta enough to get a start in that game against City. So that didn't help. But all that aside, I just think Manchester City on the night and you know are probably two or three levels above where Arsenal are at the moment, and and that's the. And I guess that's the that's the challenge for Mikel Arteta is to is to try and bridge that gap as much as he can. And then you go into Brighton, into the Brighton game, and you think, oh, this is where you know we can our project restart can can launch. And yeah, you know, take take the take the lead with a brilliant goal from Nicolas Pepe, beautiful left footed strike. But then somehow managed to throw it away and capitulate. And um, you know, players. Across the pitch, Matteo Guendouzi being the obvious culprit, um, loses discipline, and now you're down to sort of you know two games, zero wins, going into a, a big game against Southampton. Yeah, um, I saw I saw that you obviously you you did a bit on um, Guendouzi uh, Guendouzi's antics, I should say. Um, mm. What what do you think the feel is like? with Genduzi and, and the club? Because we've seen, we've heard different kind of things that like, you know, Arteta wasn't, he's fallen out with pretty much every manager that's been at the, the club so far, right? So, but then Arteta said a few quotes earlier, no, you know, that he likes that kind of fight and that kind of passion. Mm. What, what, what do you think is the feel of, of Genduzi around mm. the club? It's a, it's, a, it's a balancing act, isn't there? And, and I wrote a piece uh, on Monday about Arsenal players talking the talk, but not necessarily being able to walk the walk. Whereas, in, you, you, you play certainly in the first half of, of Arsenal Wenger's reign, you had players who could talk the talk, who could give it the lip on the pitch, but they had they could certainly walk the walk when it came down to it. And I think that is the big difference between between the two different eras. I think Gwen Doozy is. Um, Symptomatic of that, I think. Gwen, listen, don't get me wrong. I think Gwen Doozy has got potential to be a very good player. He looks, he seems to have all the attributes in his lo- in his locker, uh, but he just has. He seems to have a temperament pro- problem, 
Um, and I just, I, I think he let the uh, the circumstances around the game against Brighton on Saturday with the goalkeeper and you know having his tete set with with Mope throughout the game. Um, I just think he he let that situation get the better of him. Now, if you if you're going to be a top level player, and don't forget he, he's young, so we'll learn. I think he's only 21. Mm. But if you're going to be a top level player, then um, you're going to have to leave all that sideshow behind. You can't. You have to focus on the game and whatever, whatever involvement you've got with other players on the on 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 the field of play. You can't be side. You can't let it sidetrack you. You have to. And I think at the moment, that's where that's where Gwen Doozy lets himself down. Is that he's he's um, he does have a lack. He does have a lack of discipline. I think on the field. Certainly, in in a match scenario, but also in in training in 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 in, in training. He, he, when when they went to Dubai for a preseason training camp earlier this earlier this year, in uh, for the winter break, uh, there were widespread reports that he um, he had a falling out of Arteta during mm. uh, during training during one of the training sessions. Then we had a stand up row with the manager. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're if you're a, a, you're a young player. Um, trying to make your name, I don't think the best way about going about that is having a stand-up row with your manager. No, no, I don't think it is. And I think he was after that. He dropped out of the team for a few games, didn't he? And then, but, yeah. And then maybe by hook or by crook, he's found himself back in the side again. I don't. I, it's just difficult to to work out, like because you see a, a variance of, of reports, it's difficult to ascertain where he actually stands with Arteta. Does Arteta rate him? Does, you know, it, because we see today, um, I don't know how much credence these reports are, you know, it's, we see him linked to Real Madrid, Barcelona, Leicester. Mm. I mean, that could just be agent talk, who knows? But there's mm. clearly, as you said, there's clearly some talent there. And, you know, maybe Arteta feels like he can nurture that talent and, and get the most out of him. But, it's definitely going to be a challenge for him from like managing that kind of personality. Hundred now, one hundred percent, and um, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and uh, the coronavirus, the financial crisis that struck, you know, the entire the whole of football will, will certainly affect the transfer market, the forthcoming transfer market at the end of this at the end of this season. But if Arsenal can get can get a like for like. For Gwendozi, um, and they can get a good price for Gwendozi from a rival club. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if if Arteta was was happy to 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 do that to do that deal because um, I I I think I think Arteta, speaking from just, you know some of the knowledge that I do have, I do think that Arteta does believe he's he's got a problem with his attitude. Uh, Gwendozi, and listen, it, it, it is essentially up to the manager to try and to try and iron those those flaws out of his game. But does he have the time to do that? You know, mm. Arsenal need Champions League football. We're probably not going to get it this season, but you need it double quick because the finances are suffering as a, you know as a result of not playing in the competition. Um, so it's a problem. It's a problem. Gwendozi is a problem for him because. There's obviously talent there, and you don't want to let talent go. But equally, you need players who are you can rely on. And and, and the question that Arteta has to ask himself is: Can he, you know, can he rely on Gwendozi? Yeah, I'm not sure at the moment if he can. 
No, to, I agree. To kind of tie in with um, with the Wendouzi bit, um, so I, I don't know. It seems like for me, obviously, from the outside looking in, Arteta seems to be a bit of a dis- disciplinarian, and um, and also there were some stories about Ainsley McNeil Niles um, potentially um, being sold this summer. Um, given, given maybe like a commitment or an attitude problem. This is all obviously from the outside looking in. Uh, just kind of to to find out if you have some 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 more uh, some more details around maybe um, the Andy Metanan situation and also um, potential replacements. I think um, Sean has highlighted that um, that you were one of the first kind of broke the um, Oaken Cockshaw story um, and Arsenal's links towards him. So maybe um, this all ties into. Into you and into 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 yeah. The 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 Orkan story is an interesting one. The the the, uh, the interest is 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 definite, and I, and I know, I know that that there has been um, uh, a level of discussions have already been had about that. This was this was COVID. This is before before COVID, so that it will inevitably have. Uh, an impact on how much money clubs have to spend, particularly Arsenal, who have had to, who have got a, a, a big wage bill anyway, and have ha- and have been keen to, to to cut their wage bill over the past few seasons. Um, I think the interest still stands in in in, in Koku. I, I certainly think it does. Um, but whether whether a deal can be done now uh, in this climate, um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not entirely. I'm not entirely convinced. I think what they're relying on, I'm told, unless there's an unbelievable sort of deal that um, that they can't say no to. I think they're relying on free transfers, swaps, and loans, uh, which doesn't sound which doesn't sound great. No, it sounds like Willian on a free transfer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think Willian is. I think I think Willian is a good shout. I think. Oh, I mean, if I was a, if I was a betting man, I would I would um, I would put money on uh, I would put money on Willian uh, ending up at Arsenal because um, all the components are in place for that. He's already in London. Uh, his uh, his representative has a has his agent has a very close has very close links to the club now. So it seems like every every sort of possible aspect that has fallen into place for for Willian for Willian to go there is now. In situ, and and I think that deal can certainly that deal can certainly happen. Now that there's been there has been also talk, hasn't there, of of a swap deal between Lacazette and Thomas Partey. Um, That's the one we're praying for. Atletico <laughs> Madrid. Uh, and and as outrageous as that sounds, um, I, I I certainly see credence. Arsenal did Arsenal and Arteta definitely like Partey. That is that is. Nailed on. I think he's definitely a player that they like, uh, but obviously the finances would preclude that from happening because they simply don't have the kind of money that Atletico Madrid would want. So what that would mean is they would have to look through their squad to find a player that Atletico would would take. Would they take a? Would they swap Partey for Lacazette? Mm. I don't know. You know, potentially that, but but I, I think that one may have. May have legs. Okay. Okay. Um, Sean, did you? Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, Sammy. Speaking of, um, so obviously you mentioned William and his um close ties to um. Obviously, he's represented by a uh, Kia Jurapkian, who has a. Uh, it's fair to say a, a bit of a stake in Arsenal. He's very heavily invested. He represents 
Edu, he represents David Luiz. Um, so I just wanted to get your overall take on that situation. How much would you say, does, do, do you think he has a lot of influence at Arsenal? Or, yeah, and, and do you think that might influence the way Arsenal approach the transfer window as well? So I just wanted to get your overall take on Kia and, and, and his overall yeah. influence at Arsenal at the moment. Sure, sure. Well, what I would say about the Kia situation, first and foremost, is, is, is clubs having a preferred agent to work with isn't, isn't something that is completely brand new and exclusive to Arsenal. All clubs have their preferred agents that they use for certain deals. What that, what that means is, is that you, certain deals are, are, are easier to complete than others because that said agent will have better ties with certain clubs or better, you know, certain ties with, with other agents, which means certain players are easy, easy, more easily accessible for, for, for the club. Um, so, as we said, a player like Willian would... would uh, would certainly fit that bill. A player, you know, could could Arsenal go and try and loan someone like Philippe Coutinho, who is another Kia, uh, is another Kia um, player. Could that, you know, could that be could that could that be an option? Um, I don't necessarily see a problem, a massive problem with with Kia being so, you know, inverted commas influential at the club because. I see, every, I think every, as I said, every Premier League club has got that, has, have got one or two preferred, preferred representatives that do a lot of their deals for them. Um, it just so happens that Jurabshin has a lot of high-profile players who, who Arsenal would, 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 would take in a heartbeat. Uh, and I, I think from the outside looking in, people would be, Certainly, some supporters, and, I've, and, I, and, I, and I'm aware of it on social media that a lot of supporters are, are uncomfortable, aren't they, with with the the, the growing links between Jurabshin and uh, and Arsenal. But when you break it all down, I think what fans want the most is to have a successful team, is to have an ex- a successful Arsenal. And if in any way Kia or any agent for that matter can facilitate that, then um, I can only see that as I can only see that as a positive thing. Is it? Do Do you believe in the theory that um, you know? There's been a lot of this touted around that you know we have to take the crap to get some of the the more uh, golden assets. Do you think there's a bit of that going on? Like um, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to slander his name, but David Luiz uh, being one of them, and you know, we've just signed him for a new, obviously, extension. Is there is there a bit of that going on that maybe we have to take some of these studs mm. to to get in well with him to to get some of these yeah. more golden gems? It's it's a good question. It's a difficult question to answer, if I'm being honest, because you'd look at David Luiz, and I, I, I listen. I, I totally see what you're saying with Luiz, and I. I um, I, you know, I, I thought his I thought his cameo against um, Man City the other day was yeah it was just dreadful and it was diabolical. Uh, it was, was not befitting of a player you know of an Arsenal of an Arsenal player. But equally, we shouldn't forget that David Luiz has won, I think it's nineteen trophies during his career. So he's it's not like he's you know a nobody. From Sunday League football, he's, you know he's got he's got Premier League pedigree. You know, he's won the league with Chelsea. He won the Champions League with Chelsea. 
Um, so he's, a, he's, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's an accomplished player. But, you know, do, do Arsenal have to take the kind of the rough with the smooth with Kia? I don't necessarily think that they do. Let's not forget, this is Arsenal Football Club. You're still one of the most prestigious clubs in, you know, in the world. And I, I just don't think Arteta would accept having a mediocre, you know, a mediocre player at the club. I think the one questionable deal that I would say uh, that was announced today from that, that from that collection of signings was the decision to give um, Cedric Suarez a four-year contract. Mm. That was a little. That was strange to me, and it it it, it, it certainly raised a few eyebrows. Obviously. Suarez is a is a key player as well. Is 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 a, is a key key direction player. Now to give a player a four year he's twenty eight as well. So don't forget. Yeah. So by the time this contract finishes, he's going to be thirty two years old. Turns twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be twenty nine by the time the new season starts. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, to give a player a four year contract without actually of having seen him play a game for the football club. Now that's where, that's where I would suggest um, there might be not a problem, but that would that that certainly shines a spotlight on Kia's influence at the club. Because I don't think any football person can justify giving Cedric Suarez a four-year contract without actually having seen him play a game of football. I don't know, mate. You guys, you guys, no, you guys, no, you, might go, may see, you, you guys may see may see things differently. But listen, he's no mug. He's he, no, he has won. You know, he's won the European Championship. He's played. You know, he's played a hundred times in the Premier League, more than a hundred times in the Premier League. So he's no mug. He can play. Don't get me wrong. Four year deal, no sell on value at the end of it. But just... a four year deal is. Mm. You know, it, it's 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 it just it seems a bit of a strange deal to me. Yeah, not not that it makes it better, but um. Similar, um, when Louise was announced, when we signed them last year, uh, it was announced as a two-year deal and it ended up a one-year deal plus the option to extend it. So maybe, I'm trying to give both sides of the argument, maybe Cedric is a three-year deal with the option to extend from, for the club. I still think that, that deal is still a bit generous. <laughs> Even if it's a three-year deal plus one, you know, I, I still, I, 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 would, I would agree with you. I still think that would be, that, that, that would be generous. I yeah. think what we you know, give him a two-year deal, plus plus an option. Do it, yeah. do it that way. But a four-year deal is, is um, <laughs> I think it's pushing it a bit. <laughs> talk, talk, talking about contracts, obviously Arsenal have got two quite big contract issues at the moment. One being our best player, um, and the second being us, probably our second best player at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, uh, have you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just typical Arsenal, isn't it? It's just, uh, that, that's, that's the, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. But, um, wh- where are Arsenal at in terms of Aubameyang's new contract? And do you have any, um, do you have any news regarding, regarding that? Mm. So, we know, we know negotiations are, uh, are relatively far down the line with Aubameyang. They'd have to be, because he's only got a year left. So those conversations have been had. Um, the finances will be will obviously be an issue. Uh, Arsenal simply um, it will it will be far, it will be hard for them to to find the kind of money that that would uh, for Ibamiang to say, you know, 
this is this is an offer that's too good to refuse. I've got to sign this. So what in that case, what they have to do is try and convince Abamyang of the project of Arteta's project. And I, I certainly think Arteta, I, I think Abamyang is on board with Arteta and what he's trying to do. But he's twenty nine, isn't he? Thirty. Yeah. Uh, he's not won an, an, uh, he's not won an awful lot. I think he might have won one German Cup when he was at. When he, when he was at Borussia Dortmund, and I think that's it. So I think time's running out for Aubameyang to win the top, top, top honours. And, and I think, the, well, I know the question that he's asking himself is, can I, um, can I satisfy, my, can I satisfy my, my career ambitions by winning trophies, which is winning trophies and major trophies? Can I, can I satisfy that by staying at Arsenal? Only he can answer that. Um, I would suggest probably not, because I think the rebuild at Arsenal will take more than more than one season. Probably take more than two seasons. You probably need three or four windows to fix to fix the wrongs in that in that squad at the moment. And Aubameyang simply doesn't have that time. So I, I understand why he's stalling. I really, really do. Um, do I expect him to stay? Um, I don't know. I don't think he'll sign a contract, but then it's then it's in that leaves the ball in Arsenal's court. You know, do they do they do they cut his do they cut losses and and try and get as much as they can for him, or do they let him run out his contract um, and let what, him leave? What do you think free? that is when you say how, when when you talk about um, getting the max that they can for him? How much do you think that is? Because pre-COVID, you might have said one thing. Now we're talking about another. It's, it's... pre-COVID, even with a year on his contract, I would I would have said fifty million, sixty mm. million, even with a year, just a year on his contract. Now, post-COVID, I think you'd be lucky to get half. Mm. I think you'd be lucky to get to it like thirty million, yeah. um, because. One, because of his age. Because you're writing off the money. It, it, you're not going to get a sell-on with him. Because, he's, as I say, he's 29. If you, do, if you give him a three, four-year deal, that's 33 years old, you're not going to get a sell-on with that. And I think clubs will look at that and they're going to be more frugal with regards to what you know, regards to their spending in the summer. Um, I think they would look at Aubameyang and just think it's, it's too high a risk. Yeah, yeah. Um... Obviously, uh, I mentioned another contract dispute, which is Bukayo Saka, which some might even say is more important than the Oba, um, considering he is the future of our club. Um, do you have any? Um, do you have any news regarding Saka? And like, what's your general feel? Because I feel like that one is more like it's more clear cut in terms of I've got a good feeling about it. I've got a mm. good feeling that he'll probably stay. We've just got to reassure him that he's going to play in the correct position. And that he's going to be level on wages with what he should be, um, but yeah, I mean, I could be completely wrong. No, no, I think I think you've got the you've hit the nail on the head there. I think he, I think that those, those negotiations are um, pretty far, pretty far down the line. Um, the, the the thing is with that deal is that Saka knows knows he's going to play. He will, he will have regular minutes under Arteta he, you know Arteta obviously likes him and obviously rates him so he will he will play him he will nurture him in the best possible way um, 
that isn't necessarily going to be the case if he moves to a you know if he moves to a Manchester United if he moves to a you know to another to another top six side. Um, so in my eyes, this is my personal opinion. I he, I think he's he's best place to stay and continue his development under Arteta. And I speak speaking from a knowledgeable point of view. I, I and I also think I think I think Arteta was on went on record earlier last week to say that he expected it to be done. Um, so when a manager comes out and says that, I think it's, it's pretty far down the line. And I, and I expect that to be, I expect that to be confirmed in the not too distant future. Cool. Um, I'm just going to um, ask some uh, questions from our Discord server, just from our listeners. Um, just got, well, I think I've only just got one really, because I think we covered most of the, the topics. But we often have a, a discussion in our group chat and it's kind of like a, a back and forth um, and this one's from Kyrie G. He asks, uh, who has the final say on transfers? Um, is it how much? Uh, I, I guess the, 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 the main point we want to know is how much of a say does Arteta actually have and how much of it actually is Raul pulling the strings and is Arteta just sort of like, okay, that's fine. Mm. The clues, I think the clues in, in, in Arteta's, in Arteta's um, job title, which is head coach, Obviously, Arsene Wenger was was always was always the manager, uh, and Matt Arsene, Arsene Wenger pulled the strings. Uh, he controlled the footballing operation from recruitment to team selection to contract rene- renegotiations. He ran the show. Um, Arteta is not the manager; he is the head coach. So obviously, he will have uh, he will have a say, and it will you know they will all they will all him. Uh, Raul and Edu will all will all um, will all sit round. You know all the various scouts. You know um, Francis Cacaggio will 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 all have their input into into certain deals and into certain potential you know potential transfers that 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 the club deem possible. And um, but at the end, I think at the end of the day. When is all when when all is cut and dried? When the finances it's the finances that dictate what deals can be done and what deals can't. And in that scenario, it is Raúl and Edu who who have a grip on 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 the business side of the financial side. So I think their influence is is listen. You know, identifying footballers isn't isn't a job for Raúl Sanlay. Certainly not. You know that is a job for Edu. That is a job for the for the for the scouting network. That is a job for Arteta and his coaches. But when it comes to paying out and dishing out the money, <laughs> that's where that's where um, that's where Raúl Sanlahi's um, prominence and importance comes in. That Sammy, it's it's well known then because um, Unai Emery uh, had said himself that he was on on record as saying that he wanted. Instead of Torreira, he wanted Enzonzi, and instead of Pepe, he wanted Wilfred Zaha. So, do you think there might be any chances of maybe Arteta further down the line having a collision course with with Raúl and Edu? Because what happens if, like he says, he he recommends a player and then he he doesn't get what he wants? How, how can that be perceived? Um, it's a good question. Um, Collision, you know. Listen, it it depends on how far Mikel Arteta would be willing to push that boat and how to, willing to push that scenario. If he was desperate for a player, um, 
then I'm sure he he would, you know, he 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 would fight for he would fight for that player. He he would go and he would go and speak to those guys individually and say, like, look, look, I understand what you're saying. I understand that you 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 may want to go for a cheaper alternative, but I want you know I want this guy. Um, but the problem that obviously Arteta is going to have that he's you know he's been there for six months. Um, he hasn't really achieved anything yet, and, and and as much as the club say that we back, we back the manager's manager's vision. We you know we 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 um, we're on board what, with with what he's trying to achieve. Ultimately, in football, and this is you know across the board at every club in every country in every league, you're only as good as your finances, uh, and your your recruitment is only as good. As a, you know the amount of money you've got, and at least you you get the occasional you find in Galo County for you know for, for five million pounds or whatever it was that you know that that is a once in the blue moon scenario. More often than not, uh, you pay for what you get, and you know Arteta, Emery may have wanted, you know Emery may have wanted. A, a Wilfred Zaha, but they, you know, they couldn't. Stru- the finances precluded that. Palace want Crystal Palace wanted pretty much seventy five percent of that of that fee up front. Whereas we know with Nicolas Pepe, I think it was reported at the time uh, that I think the Arsenal are paying the the seventy two million pounds over the, a period of five or six years. Um, so invariably, Arteta, you know, can. On Klarna, apparently. On Klarna, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, Arteta could, you know, request X player till the cows come home. But if the finances aren't there, then the, fin- the finances aren't there. It's, it's simple as that. I've got one question that links to this as well. Um, ties kind of in with the Nzonzi Torreira um, deal. Is there like, um, do you know if there's a strategy at Arsenal to sign players of a certain age? Because I think I saw stories around Nzonzi's age and why we didn't want to sign him and also Zaha being older than Pepe was a, a reason of why we um, didn't want to sign him. Mm. Yeah, um, I think maybe I think maybe at that time there was there certainly was under Arsene Wenger. I think Arsene Wenger would you would only you know he would he would only go in for players who uh were 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 under a certain age and where they would be uh there would be a sell on value. But I think today we've seen a little bit of a shift in that. I think the, I think today is is a is a pivotal day. We've just seen we've seen Arsenal give you know a thirty three year old error prone central defender a, a new deal. We've seen Arsenal give a twenty eight year old right back who hasn't played a single game for the club a four year contract. We've seen them give a twenty six year old central defender that no one really knows much about in Pablo Mari. Giving him a four-year contract today, so to me that suggests that suggests to me that the the age the age um, the age thing is 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 no longer is no longer is no longer an issue for, for for Arsenal. I think they just they just want they just want a a certain caliber of player at the football club, and I don't think the age now is necessarily a. Uh, a deciding factor, whereas under under Arsene Wenger, it certainly was. Cool. Um, Sammy, obviously, I'm, I'm really conscious about taking up your time. I've just got one more question to ask you from our Twitter. Um, sure. 
OT button tweets us, uh, do the signings re- slash renewals rule out a summer move for a centre-back? No, not necessarily. I, 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 I still think I still think he didn't. I think Arteta's in and the Arsenal are in the market for a centre half. Um, I think the one that the club would desperately like to do is the um, the lad from whose name escapes me now from RB Leipzig. Upa Makano. Upa Makano. I think I think everyone from manager to the recruitment staff to the board are on board with with trying to trying to get up Makano over the line that will be Thanks. an ex- so, so, sorry Sammy you, you say that because Arsenal at the moment have like about 7-8 centre backs so do you still think we will pursue that I mean I, again I, what I was going to say is that I just think that I think the finances would preclude that mm. and that's and that and again that is a problem so he would be an expensive signing a really expensive because he's going to be a top, he looks like he's going to be a top player right from from what I've seen from him he's, he's you know he's, he's He's got all the attributes to be uh, to be a success in the Premier League, and also don't forget Saliba's coming in. But Saliba's a little bit of an unknown quantity. We don't actually know how he's going to adapt. I know a lot. I see a lot. A lot of Arsenal players and a lot of Arsenal fans on Twitter sort of pinning their hopes on on William Saliba. But really, we we're not sure, are we? Just quite um, quite how good he's going to be when he comes and adapts to the Premier League. But that, I think I still think they're certainly in the market for centre. They're certainly in the market for a a dominant central midfielder. I think Partey would would be would be their first choice there. But the, yeah, again, the the, the money the money the money would be a problem. And then um, I think you've got the issue of of trying to replenish the replenish the attacking areas. You know, um, could they get you know could they offload Meza Ozil somewhere? To try and get his wages wages off the wage bill, um, that will be a tough ask. If they can, if they can, maybe get 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 Ozil out the door. Um, I can certainly see the 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 Orkan Kokchu deal happening because he would look like to be you know a a cheaper, a certainly cheaper uh, like for, you know kind of like for like replacement for him. Yeah. I heard um, there's like a GoFundMe for uh, Ozil to leave the club. <laughs> I'll certainly be donating my, yeah, <laughs> my money there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a tough ask. Listen, I think it's not it's not been a secret, has it, that, that the club have tried to offload him probably for the last two summers. But surprisingly enough, when you're earning 350 grand a week, you're uh, you don't really want to leave. So each to their own. Yeah, who can blame him? Who can blame yeah, it? Exactly, uh, Sammy, man, I really want to. Thank you for your time this evening. You've been, you've been fantastic. No, that's cool, girls. Um, no everyone can follow Sammy Mockbell81 underscore DM on Twitter. Um, but yeah, Sammy, thanks again. No problem, lads. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Sammy. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. When I spit bars in a ring, I'm gonna go hard last and tan. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The breakfast stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.
And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, once again, thanks to Sammy for joining us on, on Touchy Gooners. Um, guys, that was quite insightful. I thought, you, I thought you dropped a few pieces of information there. Um, Sean, I know you've got some thoughts on, um, on, on the information that you put to us. Oh, no, yeah, no, it was great. And, and thanks to him for coming on. My, my only thing is that it's interesting is that they're saying a lot of like low budget deals or free transfers. I'm just, and obviously COVID is, is definitely a factor, but they said similar last summer. I, I do think it, it feels like as if Arsenal love to play broke at times. And I'm sure, I'm sure obviously finances are limited to an extent, but the, the, where we are, I think I saw after the, we're 11th in the table at the moment, aren't we? So they have to spend. Luckily, <laughs> Villa equalised, so we yeah. went 13th. Yeah. <laughs> so like we're, we're 11th, 12th in the table. They have yeah. to spend. And, and I think they will, just because of where we are. If, if we mm. don't want the gap to grow any further, we're going to have to spend it up. And I think we will. We will see. Um, and, and I don't want to tempt fate. Like I'm touching wood now, because like, this could easily blow up in my face. But I do feel like the party deal will happen. Why he wants to come, I don't know. But... Um, I do. I don't know why he would want to come right now, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it will happen because um, because we all spoke yesterday in the group chat about how many signings we reckon we'll make. Um, so we've already got two signs now. I think we might make another two, three signings for me in the summer as well. Mm. I'm know, going for four. I'm going for four more. Yeah, I, th- I think. Um, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think we'll see. A, a, I would like to see two centre midfielders and a, and a forward of some of some kind, mm. whether that's a wide forward or. Or forward to replace someone outgoing, but um, but yeah, one of those one of those types as well. Um, Dan Shabs, what did you think of him basically giving us a uh, like the the kiss of death in regards to Bamiang? He says, you know, that like he doesn't think he's going to sign and he's he's probably going to be off. Is that does that come as a surprise to you, or was that the feeling that he had anyway? No, I'm not surprised by it at all. Um, to be fair, and uh, um, we need to make a decision about what we do with, with, with Oba and we need to, um, I think we just need to handle the decision with um, dignity really and, and still even if we come out losing what is a, a, a very good striker, I think there's a way in which you can do that without looking, um, without looking, like, you're, without looking like you're weak. I think like, Arsenal are still a huge club with a huge reputation, you know, and um, um, you know, Cut your losses. Cut your losses on this deal. Let Oba go. Get in a good... Jonathan David, yeah. Jonathan get, David. Get in Jonathan David. Get in the sturdy replacement, you know, and say, that's it. And I, and, I, and I think as well, that sets the tone for, this is a new regime. This is a new movement. This is a new, you know, this is the beginning of a new project. You know, we've had different projects at, with the Arsenal Football Club, haven't we? And we had the Henri project and... You know, we kind of moved. And then we had the kind of Cesc Fabregas project and Nasri's and, uh, you know, um, and then you had like a, a, a completely different way where we just had to shop at Lidl and Audi and them joints there for bringing in Park Jew and all these other guys. Um, and, you know, these really mediocre years. And I think let's just take a stance, say that this is the beginning of the end of allowing players to run down their deals and, and, and whatnot. And this is the, the, the start of a new era. And a lot of the guys, a lot of them and them in the group, Sean, we're talking about destroying, rebuild, just start again. And I think this is a, is a, is a, is a good way for us to be able to do that. Hmm. 
Dan, um, you obviously said that it, it, you've been, we've been trying to get rid of Ozil for the last two seasons. How did that make you feel? May I? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, it was stupid from the club to give him that contract anyway, so um, they shot themselves in the foot. I hope they don't do it with Aubameyang, so sell him, get the money for him now, um, and um, buy someone else to come and step into his, um, into his spot in the, in the squad. Um, I think the only way for Arsenal to move forward is one, learn from mistakes, and two, be ruthless and efficient, and um, three, have a clear plan. So um, obviously the 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 the, the contract extensions of um, Cedric, um, Mari, and David Luiz um, look very higgy. Let's not lie; we know that we all agree on that. But we can look um, and see what business they do in the summer and see if there's a if there's a larger strategy behind this potentially. If there isn't then we'll be on their neck like, like we have been really. But um, we, we kind of need to see what business they do first because as Sean has said, we don't really know. Um, and Arsenal like to, be, like to pretend to be super broke. Um, and we, we talked in the group about it. Why did um, Cedric and Mari been announced now when um, there have been voices that they're probably already signed in January? Maybe this is all part of a, of a plan to kind of look broke um, and, and stall on deals. Um, to facilitate us making some deals in the summer that people don't think we can do. So let's see. Um, but um, one thing that I found quite um, interesting was the links with Kia that he mentioned. Um, and he said that he doesn't think it's a bad thing. And I, to some extent, I agree. It depends what clients you get and what contracts they're signed. So the Cedric thing is, is very, very questionable. Like, very questionable. Mm. Four years. Four years. Um, That's some charity fucking shit, man. There's, 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 there's one thing on that though as, as Dan's touching on it I am seeing these signings Mari, Cedric as in-season signings yeah and I do think there is something about um, them having us, us having to have been reactionary to what happened in terms of our squad and we had to bring them in because we had to um, we, need, we, needed, we needed backup we needed cover so I am kind of attaching a different weight to us signing Sign, signing them as in-season signings to kind of what I expect our summer business to be, first and foremost. Um, and I think secondly as well, like I, I think uh, as much as I don't rate Unai you know, Emery, and, and we all know this, had Emery remained at the club, we, we're, not, we're not making those types of signings in January in terms of Mari and in terms of, 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 of Cedric. We're not signing those two players. Um, I think that what's suspect about it is the decision to give them permanent deals now. Um, that, is, that is really um, unique and, and crazy from our perspective. But I do think it's reactionary. And so um, Arteta is new. He's a new coach. We kind of have to give him time. I see this as like, this is an opportunity for us to do what Liverpool done. And I'm not saying emulate exactly their model, but in terms of our approach to transfers, you think about Klopp coming in. He had his first half season. Um, they failed in the um, Europa League final. And had they qualified for Europe, in fact, the whole transfer process and structure and strategy would have gone a completely different way. They failed to qualify for Europe. And what they've done, they effectively got rid of players who were not going to be functional. They started to bring in players. They still had Higgy deals, you know. For They, they signed Matip, but they signed Clavan. They, you know, they, they, they still had bad players in there, you know, but they came in to kind of plug gaps. And I'm looking at these guys as they're in at the moment, but they are kind of here to plug gaps. And so I'm not, I think Arsenal fans do need to, they're not the deals that we want to see, but we do have to relax a little bit. Around. Yeah, and, 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 so, sorry, go, go on, Dan. 
I think the only the only point that um because because we lack so much quality in the first eleven, every signing that doesn't improve the first eleven, we're looking at like what the fuck are we doing? It's a big problem. So of course yeah. we all all sensitive, and that's why that's why my point kind of ties and just see what they're doing this summer. We can criticize it. We were in a similar position last year. Okay, hindsight is a beautiful thing, but last year after the transfer window, we thought we, they did good dealings. So um, let's see again and then assess. Um, but this time let's be even more objective. Uh, maybe last year we got two gas. Let's let's be let's be super critical and see what they do. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah. All right, cool. Um, let's uh, address the elephant in the room then, because obviously um, we need to talk about the Brighton game. Um, I was on Touchline on the main pod on Sunday, so I gave some of my observations. But um, I'll just quickly recap on some of the things that I thought. I felt I felt the game was very similar to other games that we've had under Arteta so far. And I didn't quite... I understood the frustration of, of losing because, you know, I was doing the Discord live chat at the, at the time and I was just like, this is... Me and Shabs were doing the Discord and we were just like, oh, fucking hell, man. This is just ridiculous. Oh, How have we oh, lost this oh, game? Yeah, I, 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 I we're front line. No, 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 no. I'm not going to lie. I'm, you I'm, you I'm going to on to, to the I'm, I'm right, gonna get on to all of you and all of you, man, in the chat. Uh, Joe jo, jo, jo Black came in, but... For all the for both of our games, me and Lou have been there front line, yeah, front holding line it down for, for the touchy gooners, yeah. So I'm just let it be known, let it be known. That's better for my for my comrades. Yeah, I I agree, right. but yeah, I mean, with me and Shabs fronted up to me, and I I left that game feeling I haven't watched it back, um, but I left that game feeling that it was very similar to some Arteta games that we've had so far. I'm thinking mainly of the Sheffield United one, where pretty much dominated the whole game. Um, didn't quite do enough to score a second goal and then conceded out of nowhere. Um, anytime that a team seems to put pressure on us, we look like cracking. And uh, similar as well to the, the Crystal Palace game where I think we drew 1-1 at home, I think it was. Um, very similar, in control of the game. And I likened it a little bit to the Chelsea game. Obviously nowhere near as much control as what Chelsea had over Villa. But the fact that Villa weren't threatening but because Chelsea lacked the quality in the forward areas, any and, and they've got so much defensive vulnerabilities, any time Villa attacked, they don't even have to attack that many times. You get enough shots off at Kepa and you're gonna inevitably concede goals. So I felt I felt I felt a little bit I wasn't surprised by the outrage of the of the result because the result is bad. And but I was just more surprised by the fact that people were sort of like saying that it was it was a terrible performance. And maybe the bar is low. I think maybe the bar is low. But I actually felt like we created quite a bit. Now, the, the stats, the XG doesn't really go into supporting my argument on that. But I feel like the, the, the chances that we created or almost created were more like um, getting in the right areas and poor execution and, and poor quality in the final third, which has been another theme of performances under Arteta. And it's, um, it's testament to the lack of quality we do have in the squad because you replace some of those players with you know, extra quality in the final third and in, the, and in, our, in our defence as well. And we probably win that game quite comfortably. Um, but yeah, those were my thoughts. Um, Sean, I'll, I'll let you start off. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with you, Lou. Um, I, was, I was very fascinated because this was, I don't know how many games, but this was the first sort of game, in my opinion, where we kind of played like a true 4-3-3. And you could kind of see it in, in terms of the personnel and the layout. Um, Saka centre mid was obviously a left field decision. He, uh, Arteta had used it in um, the front year again 
against Brentford. We haven't really seen that game, but by all accounts, he's quite keen on him there. And, and you can sort of see why he does um, a sort of similar role to, you know, how Angel Di Maria plays when he plays centre mid as well. So we've got someone who can, and he's got those qualities we need. He can drive with the ball through the middle. We don't have any anyone else in the team who, who can do that. And as and one of the great things as we've seen about Saka this season, because he's got 11 assists, is his decision-making in the final third is, is very, very good. So he, he would work himself into good positions. He would put good balls in. Um, but we either weren't attacking it well um, or, yeah, we, we just weren't getting the final action. But overall, I was quite encouraged like by the initial stuff I was seeing. I thought, we, even though obviously it was annoying to lose, I thought we were actually quite lucky to lose the game because Brighton really didn't do much. But we were just, unfortunately, as you said, it's just evidence of, um, of a lack, lack of quality all round. So, but um, when people after the game were kind of like, I don't see what Arteta is trying to do, I'm like, I can visibly see what Arteta is trying to do. Um, the centre-backs are bringing the ball out. They're trying to commit someone before playing a pass into midfield. Um, you can see that um, when Saka dribbles with the ball, um, Aubameyang moves infield as well to try and um, add a, another body in the box. So th- there's definite signs of, of of what you can see. There's a few things I don't agree about and, and his subs are included in that. But overall, in terms of the progress, I, I can definitely see where he's heading and where he's trying to go. But unfortunately, and, and this is where it comes down, now, it's not really a system pro- problem anymore. It's just a major personnel, wish, personnel issue. So I don't really think we're going to see much improvement until we start improving on the personnel. Um, and for me, I'm a big advocate of what we need to do in midfield. So for me, party would obviously be a priority. And then obviously another creative option who can dribble and who can carry the ball through the lines as well. So, But um, I think what what fans probably need to understand is that it is a process. You know when fans say, Oh, I'm a I'm behind the long term process. Like you actually have to be behind the long term process. We're going to have a lot of games like that where where we right. and we're going to lose because the the, the quality the quality is just not there at all. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but as long as I see that sort of progress in terms of the structure and the style, I'll, I'll be happy. And I'm just hoping, obviously, we'll make the necessary um, arrangements to try and improve the personnel in the summer. Yeah, no, I I agree, I agree. Um, Dan, what did you think of the lineup and um, Saka's inclusion in that left centre midfield space in particular? Um, I was I was very encouraged by Saka's performance. So obviously, we've been on a podcast um, all together talking about where Saka should be playing. Should we give him a chance left wing? Should he should we try um should we, should he buy into left back? Um, I've I've fully I've fully gone. And um and just made my mind up about it. he Saka should play centre midfielder or left wing. Um this this guy is super talented. Um I think we all underestimate how talented he is, and um his talent has been um consistent throughout the whole season. I think he's one of the most consistent players we have at the moment. Um simply because he has technical security, technical proficiency, and he has the ability to to carry out um the final ball and final touches in the final third. Um, he he's absolutely a vital player for us to to tie down. Of course, um, I hope that happens. Um, I was encouraged for him to be playing in that position. Um, I think the way he interpreted the position was um, was pretty good. And uh, as Sean said this as well, um, he was playing a bit like Di Maria, but he was going wide, then um, then letting over tuck in, and then finding the overlap. Kind of the way he interpreted the left back position, he was able to do from left centre midfield, and he was also able to turn on the ball. So he gave us a few aspects that we didn't have in midfield and then still managed to give us what he would give that left back. So um, I think uh, I was super encouraged by that performance. And I really think, um, it kind of made me think of when you see players in the youth and um, they're very highly rated and kind of comparing it to Nelson, like I still think Nelson is a good talent. 
um, and we see what, what kind of career we'll have at Arsenal. But um, the players like Saka and Awobi, they make it at the top level because they have technical proficiency and they're very technical and like, consistent with their technical touches. So Saka, Awobi, they take touches into space, they turn, they push the touch out. And it always comes off, really. Like, it's very rare that you see a misplaced touch or they, they overcomplicate things. They just make good decisions. And those are the players they'll make at the top level. And then I, I think it, it's a testament to maybe some of the work they're doing at the academy that once the Robbie's left, Saka's come in now. So um, I'm encouraged to see um, maybe some, some of the youngsters coming through. I know, of course, we, we've lost some good ones. Like the Musa, um, Ahmed Musa, I believe, isn't it? Not Ahmed, Ahmed Musa. What was, what was his first name? But Musa. Um, um, you, you, uh, I can't remember his name. I it's like Eunice Musa. I can't remember his name. He looked super talented. And again, the player that kind of fits this criteria. Um, but I'm encouraged to see who comes through. Um, I think we've talked about Azez before. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I was super impressed with Saka. That was the main takeaway for the game for me. Um, as I said before, the season's a bit of a writer for me. Um, I, don't, I don't believe in our ability to get Champions League at all. Um, even think that Europa League is a bit of a stretch at the moment for us. So um, potentially it's good to not be in both competitions. Of course, we will we, we'll take a loss, say financially, but um, maybe it allows us to play a game after game after game and, um, and ultimately get better league performances. But the performance did encourage me and I could see where Ateta tried um, the subs, same as Ron, don't, don't think the subs were good at all. Um, but yeah, I hope this is just, this is, we're still very early in, in, the, in the process with Arteta. And people, people need to realise that. I think he was in the job three months when the, when the COVID stuff happened. And then now we're back um, under, under crazy circumstances as well with the lack of quality in the squad. Um, let's, not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's see what happens after the summer. Um, and um, let's give him the time that people were willing to give Emery. Whereas we knew what Emery was about. We knew Emery was trash and people gave him a whole year. They gave him a whole year and you try, you're trying to talk about Ateta now. Like, just, just allow it. Give him the time, see what we do. I, I agree. I agree. Um, but now we've done the Arteta loving, we've got to get down to some of the decisions that I think were quite crucial in us losing the game. And Shabs... Um, First of all, what did you feel, because we, we were obviously in the Discord and we were talking and I remember saying, I think we're going to concede soon. And it literally came from the first bout of Brighton pr pressure. Yeah. The first time they put us under pressure and we just looked like conceding and I'd seen it all before. Do you think that was Arteta's first mistake, not changing anything there and then? Yeah, I, there's there's a few things, Lou. Sorry, I did I did have a few points to just to add to what he was saying, and they, and they were on the Arteta um, love inside. Uh, <laughs> um, if I could quickly throw them in quickly, just before adding very, to, very I briefly, Shabby, we've got to keep yeah. the Arteta loving down. No, minute, I, know, right? I know. I do think we have to be um, objective and balanced in our in 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 our assessment of both of Saturday's game and um, of um, Arteta's performance so far as manager. Um, I think in Saturday's game, four-three-three was we looked we looked very balanced as as, as a side for for a lot of the spells of the game. I think the chances created were sufficient. Saka had a chance early on where he came inside on his right foot. He hit the crossbar. He was quite unlucky there. Um, there was a very good ball that was put in again. Saka. Um, he, he started centrally, but he overlapped White. And I was saying this in the Discord as well. He was going to overlap and go on the outside, allowing Oba to get in, get into the box. Oba was difficult to pick up, and it allowed Lacazette as well, caused 
uh, panic and confusion amongst the Brighton defence here because you've got Oba emerging and then Laka kind of doing whatever he does. Um, no, <laughs> whatever he does, yeah. No, no, I'm, being, I'm being harsh. But he got down that side. He put in a good cross, albeit it came off a defender's, the, the heel of a defender. And Oba um, had a header straight at, um, straight, straight at goal, which, you know, better finish, better touch on it. Either side, maybe, maybe we would have got a goal there earlier. Um, I think did Eddie miss a few chances as well, but he got himself into encouraging positions as well. So I do think we're balanced in 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 and created some chances. We could do better, but um, these are issues and criticisms that we've had about Arsenal for a little while. I do think we're missing Shaka. Um, you kind of know what I think, but we we we, we struggled without Shaka, um, and that's a bit of a of of, of a. It's, it's alarming for me. And then I did have issues with um, the, the way that the game went in terms of the number of fouls. Um, our players just picking up bookings quite early on or after like one or two opportunities. But you had Bisuma who we were laughing about the fact that like I was laughing and teasing about the fact that Bisuma was having that absolute jolly up come the end of the game. But he committed something like seven fouls, seven you or know, eight fouls and, and did didn't not get pick up a single Ridiculous. booking, you know, Ridiculous. and I think about... Um, and some of them were remember, bad, some of them were some, bad Some of them fouls. were really bad fouls, and I can't remember who it was on our end who got booked quite early in the game as well, and I thought, oh, like, that's, that's it. He should so, have been off. He should, yeah. have been off. he should have been. So, you know, and, and, and then there were these other things about the soft centre. So I do think we've got to be balanced in our objective, in, in, in our... Um, you know, in our analysis of Arteta, he had not lost. Um, he had not lost in. We hadn't lost in 2020 in the league um, as well. Prior to the restart, we were always going to lose against City away. Whatever, whatever set of circumstances. I think the best we could have hoped for would have been a draw. So the Brighton result is a bit of a shocker. And yeah, our position is horrible in the league, but it's not Arteta's fault. Um, you know, this is the this is where he's picked up the pieces. But that's the end of my Arteta love because I do think you said it when we were ch- uh, in the chat against City. I think Lou, you said Arsenal were going to lose two one. Lewis Dunk's going to score a header in the last minute. So you did kind of call it. It didn't quite happen that way. Um, you know, he didn't get the, he didn't get the winner, um, but he was involved earlier on. And um, you also called it during the match as well. And I think the mistakes that Arteta made was that he did not change the game whilst we were still in control. You know, um, we were one nil up. And I thought that was the opportunity we were crying out for the game to change um, because Brighton looks like they were going under. And I think we could have made, not that we've got like, not that we've got like much to go off from the bench, but I think we could have made a few changes in that moment which would have allowed the momentum to remain with us and then it's a different entity it's a different way um, I think as well so Bios tired I don't think he had a particularly good game um, but I think no, he tired as well I think he tired um, and then what he does give us is someone who's supposed to be able to hold on to the ball and I think he failed to do that um, gave away possession cheaply in silly um in silly areas of the pitch, just ridiculous areas of the pitch as the game went on. Um, they gained a foothold. We got deeper and deeper. Um, and the inevitable... And I think it's the type of thing that us as Arsenal fans, we've seen this happen so many times here that we're not surprised. We're almost calling it in jest. Like, I think you were saying it, Lou, but you weren't really believing it. 
But I, be- I believe they would equalise. I believe they yeah, would equalise. I didn't believe they would win, no. Yeah, so, so you know, you, we can kind of all call these things because we see ourselves and, and we're, we're just not good when it comes to... It's very difficult anyway. As you tire, anyone who's played football, you know, you get tired, you sustain pressure, your team doesn't... You don't have a man on the ball who can in your team who can get his foot on the ball um, just take the sting out of things. And that's what it is, is game management. And you need game management from your coach, but you need players on the pitch who are capable of game management as well and seeing that situations. And that's what it is, man. We just didn't have it. We didn't have enough of that. And I think that there were things that Arteta could have done to change it a bit, d- a bit d- sooner. D- the, other, the other thing that confused the hell out of me was the three subs coming on with three minutes to go. I didn't that's understand adapt. it. I, I didn't think that's understand adaptation. it. Like, but it's... I, I I just feel like you see you What's see when you're, you see when you're in a football game yeah and like for example um, say Man City are drawing nil nil or Liverpool Liverpool are the best example of this they're draw, they're drawing nil nil the last ten minutes of the game you know they're pushing for that goal they, it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming but there's something about the consistency of their play the momentum sticks bringing on three players in the last three minutes of the game doesn't allow any momentum to be struck. It doesn't allow any consistency to be struck. How are you going to structure attacks when you've got three new players on the pitch and they've got three minutes to make a difference? It made no sense to me. I don't, I don't understand the logic behind it. And it's a steep, steep learning curve. And I think these are the things that Arteta needs to... I think th- this is where we can judge Arteta and this is where we can be critical on Arteta. And I think these are the things that I want to see him learn from. I don't want to see... Um, him making the same mistakes against Southampton in terms of um, who he starts with, but how he uses his subs. We're not that great. We don't have a lot um, to go off, but I think there are things that are within his control, which he can do a better job of. Uh, It looks like. And I I definitely agree. And uh, I think doing the three subs um, towards the end of the game, I don't know what the score was at the time when he did the subs, but it kind of made it feel to me like like it was a 1-1. Yeah, 1-1. I kind of made it feel like, to me, like he was taking the sting out of the game and it became a training session. And Brighton were there for the points because they need to stay up. <laughs> but we were kind of like, we took the sting out of the game and made it a training session and they punished us. Um, yeah, I think this is definitely something that we can look at at town and say, listen, this, this has just got to be better. I think Sabayas playing 90 minutes, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't understand it. I don't think it was good for 60 minutes, let alone 90 minutes. No. So, giving them all that time to play. And, I mean, I don't think Guendouzi was great. I know his emotions got the better of him, but he was the one that's pushed the ball forward. I mean, I can, I can remember a few passes from Guendouzi into good space for Saka and into good space for Pepe to kind of at least initiate a sex. I, don't, I can't remember much of Tobias from that game. So he was poor. He was poor. So he should have come off. So that's like an obvious sub. And we made five subs, right? And he didn't come off. Like, it's just a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um... Let's touch on Genduzi because obviously we spoke a little bit about it with Sammy. Um, what did you guys think of the antics after the, well, was it after the whistle had gone or was it as Brighton had scored? It was after the whistle, was it? What did you think of that? Because me personally, I find it a bit distasteful. I find it like, especially the comments that are reported, you know, apparently something like I earn more money than whatever. I don't think you're good enough for that kind of talk. I really don't think you're, you're not, you're not Ibrahimovic. And even then, I think Ibrahimovic is a bit of a cunt for, for, for doing that kind of stuff. And 
this I know what people are going to say. Oh, we need that. We need that kind of cunt in the team. But not that. Not if you're not good enough to 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 do that stuff, then then just keep your mouth shut and play football because your performances aren't up to scratch to be to, to come with that level of vim, in my opinion. But to, to be honest, not not that I'm um not that I'm defending it, but I'm sure there are loads of obscenities that are probably crashed about in games that are probably never reported about. So. It, it it probably happens loads. There's probably loads of stuff, loads of things that I said that we never hear about. My um my bigger gripe is that I don't know why it took that long. Like like I said, we when it happened, when the thing Soleno happened, we should have been surrounding the ref, putting pressure on him. Should have been like pushing him to like more pay. Just uh, and and I hate to sound like you're da, like in this situation, but, no, but it, it happens all the time, lot. man. It happens all the time. We let yeah, our players it, get away it, with it. It, it. it is a lack lack of passion, a lack of character, like. It's just... A man is on the stretcher telling more pay to fuck yeah, off because he's like, injured him. Why is Leno why is, the one doing that? Why is, <laughs> I like, and Leno, you know, is about it, but there's no, no one else is backing him. I was even surprised, like, that's the sort of thing normally Kalasinac probably would have been over there, actually. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't over there. So, sorry but, to interrupt. If Zaka would have been there, it would have been different. Yeah. 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 For, for all Zaka's yeah. faults, I can't yeah. lie. You, red red cards pending. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing you can never fault Jacko for. But then we'll will... be cussing him. You dickhead, why are you getting involved? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jacko will back the beef. Like, yeah. like Bobo won't. He's not really that sort of guy. Pepe won't. He's quiet. Lacazette won't. All these uh, introverts, man. Like, none of those, none of those guys will do it. Jacko will. I'm surprised Kolasinac didn't. But it's more symptomatic of as, as a team. We need to. They talk about our oh, close unity and blah blah blah. All right, so why weren't you backing him? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Think back to like ten, even like Fabregas would have like boom been over there, Walshaw back then. Yeah, the man they would have been causing trouble. Yeah. L- Lauren would have been getting a quick, quick yeah. uh, under uppercut in the, I in mean, the ribs. Like, <laughs> yeah, listen, those those invincibles now would have batted him up. That's normal. But yeah. Um, but yeah, even like the guys after him, that there was just more character about them. These guys, they're they're just a bit meek, man. So um, yeah. and it's it's uh it's a shame. Like like I said, I'm coming across like your da here, but. Like it's a case of you want to sign the right players, but you also want to sign the right characters as well, man. To to, to show. Mate, that's it. such a big part of football, though. That's it a big is, part of is, talent yeah, identification. Is, there's so there's bare ballers out there, bare ballers. True. There's it's ballers true. that aren't even pros. It's but true. The it's thing true. that separates them is mentality. It's your mentality. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So it's true, yeah. if there's a mentality difference at the bottom, there's going to be a mentality difference at the top. It might be one percent. It might be two percent. It might be very very minuscule, but that is the difference that separates. Your top top players, so like your um, Adel Taraps, to your you know your um, your your elite players like Eden Hazard, like even, same maybe same level of talent kind of thing. Well, maybe that's a bit of a reach. But even players like Milner, like we can all see Tarap is more talented yeah. than Milner. What's yeah, the exactly? That's a good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. On the Guendouzi thing, I think um, that's why I, that's why in the group I said I think it's a bit overblown because he's a young guy. Obviously, he's, he's chatting shit. We don't even know the accuracy of the quotes. And I'm also sure that footballers chat shit to each other all the time on the pitch. All right then, I, yeah, I agree. And 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 my thing is like, um, yeah, Morpay's had the last laugh now because he's come out having scored, having injured our keeper, having scored the winning goal, so he can come out and say something cocky like that. And you know what? People are going to run with it. The internet gods have gone crazy. The meme makers are having a field day, <laughs> and you know it's making us look silly. But his thing sounded like a personal spat with Guendouzi. So even for him to come out and say the Arsenal players, they, they did. And I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't see it like that. I don't know who else was saying, who else was talking shit to him. And he was also there talking shit back. Like, you can see it. So 
I don't rate that from I don't I don't rate that from him. I'm, do, I'm, do you think Mopé should have been sent off? I I don't think what he done. Um, no, I don't think um, what he done to Leno was a was a was a red card offence. I just think it's um, that's about sporting conduct. You know, that's about sporting conduct. You've 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 endangered another professional, and you know oh, yeah. that's that's the that's the um, that leaves a bad taste, and I think that's why. It, it, things, things blew over in the way that they did, especially with the way that the game went, because so, that's about and so, the, so, your next professional. Sorry, man. Oh. So, so, sorry to interrupt you, Shab. So, so can I ask a question then? Because obviously you said you don't think you should have been sent off. Mm. Someone made a good point that in rugby, which is obviously a very physical sport, mm. you can't hit anybody. It's against the rules. You can be sent off for hitting someone whilst they're up in the air. Like, mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Leno, he, Leno already had the ball before, like, mm. obviously he had, he had made contact, like, so any sort of bat, any sort of touch could he could obviously land in normal and it would have been fine. But when someone's up in the air, like it is, and this is the problem I sort of have with like sort of you know those cowardly challenges. I remember when we played Norwich and someone pushed Alexis, or was that against Everton? Pushed him into advertising hoarding. Yeah, same same thing happened with the Bushi as well. Yeah, 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 like, so yeah. for me, those are very cowardly challenges. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so and people and 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 this is obviously sort of my problem with parts of English football as well. Like we've glorified those sorts of things yeah. in the name of bravery and getting stuck in. But right. I, I've, I just very much think that's cowardly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and people, yeah, should, yeah. It's, yeah. Not a, it's not like a malicious challenge, but I think it's very snidey and very cowardly. And I don't think people yeah. should be allowed yeah, to get away. It's endangering. You're, in, you're I guess, endangering. I guess the argument against it is that goalkeepers get enough protection anyway. And if anything, goalkeepers get away with a lot, you know, in terms of like high feet, you know, knees in the back of people and stuff that if, if it was an outfield player doing, it'd be, a, it'd be a foul. So I guess that is the rebuttal to it. But I agree. I, I think it's stuff like that. If you're pushing someone while they're midair, especially if, you're, if they're twisting as well, it's, 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 it, I, I don't mean to sound as like coming off as a bit of a pussy, but it, it, it's, it is dangerous. And, no, it's dangerous. He's, you know, he's, luckily, he's, he's, he's only six weeks, right? Luckily, it's yeah. only six weeks. Could have been an ACO. It looks yeah. fucking horrible. He's yeah, endangered another professional, and and that's what it is. I'd, I'd, yeah, it was a foul. Yeah, yellow card. He shouldn't have challenged the keeper um, there. He didn't need to challenge the keeper. The keepers are supposed to be protected around that. But I, 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 I don't look at it as it was, as it happened, and say he should have been sent off for that. And I, and I, and I don't think we'll see very many red cards anywhere in world football for for. No, for, I, do, I do think for, he should have been sent he should have been yeah, cool. I think it was a yeah. foul. He I didn't get a yellow. A foul, he, yeah. yeah, he didn't get booked for it. No. Did he? And that was my issue. And that was my issue, you know. Um, like, you know, I was saying about Bisuma. I was saying, like, the, 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 the referee, and, and I can't remember who posted it, but it is like, it sounds like us Arsenal fans, like, you know, we've got a, 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 the, the world's against us and the siege mentality type of thing. But no, there are, if you look at the, if you really break down the refereeing decisions and the, um, if you watch games and you see the way that our players get booked and the types of offences that our players get booked for versus the types of offences, or it's not just it's not just bookings, it's decisions. The way that decisions go in games, and it sounds like oh yeah, and Arsenal need to um, be good enough to not allow it to kind of to like the referees' us. decisions is, to affect it, us. Yeah. I, I also but, think we I also think we have to fight but, back but, to an extent as well. Yeah, though, though. we but, we have right, to start we have to start turning refereeing decisions in our favour. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So. But, because I was going to say, but Brighton aren't good enough. Do you see what I'm saying? But 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 decisions went in their favour. Do you see what I'm saying? So maybe th- yeah. th- there is something about you know, fighting back. You, you do have to create your own luck. You do have to create your own luck. Yeah, we do. But we've been getting very unlucky. It's like every single game we're getting someone injured within the yeah. first 20 minutes. And yeah. 
it's, and we can talk all we want about Arteta's preparation, but if someone's getting injured the first 20 yeah. minutes of a game yeah. and Man yeah. City the game runs out seven the minutes or whatever, the game plan is out the window. window. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. if we can't keep players on the pitch, it, it, it's either a red card injury or both. Every single game I think Arteta's yeah. had, there's been something. And that, and that been is something. And I don't want to be, what, what do you call it when you're, um, where you, you know, you're like self, is it self-fulfilling prophecies kind of thing where you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're kind of, believe in it for it to happen but it feels yeah. like it every game like it feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. some fucking shit is gonna happen but yeah. you know what we gotta get over it we got um we got Southampton tomorrow so I guess we might see maybe like a a mix-up of the teams that have played against City and um right and maybe I don't know I guess the, the team is up in the air of who we're gonna play I, I think the only person you know we can say for certain Martinez will play um, what's our centre back situation saying? Is uh, the back four will remain, I reckon. Yeah, Louise okay. is still suspended no. for the match. What, Tierney's uh, not going to play now? Yeah, I think Tierney will come Tierney in. Will, for Tierney will come back yeah. in again. Oh, so- yeah. so- so- Socrates is fit, apparently, but I don't, do you bring it? I don't know. That is ready to play. But Bellerin's played two 90 minutes, though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe time for Ainsley Maitland-Niles to get... I know he don't want to play there. Ainsley, yeah. Ainsley might need to come on because the way that Redmond was on a jolly up the other day, yeah, uh, and, and Bella, Hector, Hector, listen, yes, Hector, also, I've reserved my... Look I've, physically I've, good. This who mentioned yeah. it on the pod on Sunday, yeah. they look very, yeah. very good. So, so, yeah. yeah. Southampton are basically come at us. Yeah, Southampton are, Southampton are basically a German team. Like, do you know what I mean? Their man press, 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 press relentlessly, bro. Yeah. And th- that's the sort of team... Also... I don't even remember the last time Arsenal ran away to Southampton. I'm talking years. Like Southampton are pretty much Arsenal's biggest bogey yeah, team. We don't yeah, win away right. to Southampton. Even when like we had some these we don't win away to Southampton. So I don't want to be that guy. And obviously I'm just gonna say we're gonna lose again. I'm sorry. Like I don't want to be that guy in it. I but agree. I don't think we're gonna win. We don't have the profile. The last we, time one, we, the we last we, time, I'll tell you the last time. You last you'll time remember we, it. Was the five nil one where um that was FA Cup though? FA Cup. Oh, you mean yeah. in the league? I'm talking. When was the last time we won there in the league? When was the last time we won away at Southampton in the league? Oh, uh, the same season we beat them two nil. Um, okay. Olivier Giroud and Sanchez scored. Um, where? Crazy. Yeah. But to be honest, that feels like one winning like how many? Because yeah, I'm it, pretty it, sure. I'm, I'm looking at the record now. It is. It's like it's it's, it's out like of the ten minute. games, it's two wins at yeah. Southampton. We pretty much we pretty much always lose every time we go to Southampton and. With all due respect, like I expect us to lose again. Like I just mm. do. We, I don't think we have the athleticism to compete with them, and that's really sad. Me saying that because this is Southampton. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. but um, we don't have the athleticism. We don't have the energy levels. Um, and I think like they'll they'll G-Gen pre- press us in like transition. Um, we'll struggle. G-Gen or Gengen? Bruv. It's Gengen press. Okay, sorry. G-Gen, G-Gen press. Oh, it's shown. Oh, it's shown. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but um. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I think we'll struggle a lot in with them in transition as well. Like I, they've got quite a few quick players as well, like Redmond. Um, who else? Ings has been banging goals this season as well. So um, I mean, he's nailed on to score. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, one, put, against, put your house on it. You know, it's, against, against it's gonna happen. He's gonna eat one of them, like yeah, you know, um, easily. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't see. Apparently, Jack is gonna come back in, and apparently, oh, Jack is back, yeah. Yeah, apparently he's back, and and you know that that's the mad thing as as bad as Jacker is, I don't know how many games we won without him this season, and that says a lot in itself as well. Do you know what I mean? Considering all his flaws as well, um, maybe Ozil comes back in as well. I don't know. 
Danny uh, Ings is two point two to score any time tomorrow. I, I will mean, score. It will hundred percent. He's gonna he's gonna play off holding. He's gonna pam. Yeah, he's gonna play off. He's gonna play on the shoulder. I've already seen the goal. I've already seen the goal. <laughs> like, I've already seen it. I've already seen it. So. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so I would like to see. I don't know. Maybe so. So Tierney in. We're agreeing on Tierney in. Martinez in. Obviously Tierney in. Yeah, I think maybe Ainsley should come in. I think Ainsley should come in. I think. Do I remember correctly? Ainsley had a. Good game against Southampton one year was it, or what did, or was it, was that one yeah. of his games where he had an absolute shocker? No, no, it was something um, sticks out. It was, it was, it was, it was that um, couple of years back, you know, that FA Cup game. Where right, he, and he played centre mid. He played, he played centre mid with right. um, Jeff and Iwobi, and we That's won. It. It. Okay, yeah. Playing there as well, midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we we have quite a few guys that day, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I would bring him in instead of Bellerin. Um, I would also. I don't know what I would do, man. I would keep Saka in. One. So, Xhaka, Saka. I, I think that Saka was going to work well. Xhaka and Saka is going to work well, I think. Yeah, I'm keeping um, Saka centre mid. And but obviously... Right side of centre mid. Gwendouzi, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I th- the thing is... Yeah, yeah, I'd probably Gwendouzi, I'd say. Um, and then Pepe. We stick with Pepe on the right. Yeah, yeah. Who? And then obviously what? And then Ogbar and... Ogbar and... Eddie, bro. I told you, I'm not picking Laka, bro. I'm not picking him. I, I, I'm picking Laka. Are you? I'm not mm. picking Laka ahead of Eddie, man. I think the, the technical, we... technical security, if they're going to press us, maybe Laka gives us a bit more... He's functional. He, he, he will be able to hold on to the ball. In the, you know, in, uh, he will be. But do, do you know what, what annoys me, though, is that like Eddie is a 20-year-old. He's more aggressive in the box than Laka. He attacks the balls a lot yeah, better yeah, than, yeah, than, than Laka does, does. you know what I mean? So, he does the striker's job, absolutely. Yeah. But it's, it's outside of that. And, and, and I am not sure how much we'll even get it into the box. I mean, what, what I want to see is more in terms of like the encouraging performance because I, I think for for 60 minutes against Brighton we we were not bad we were not bad you know and again just to hail up Saka um I think oh, he had a very so, good game sorry was, speak, speaking of Saka have you just seen Arteta's just said I don't know who to but he just said I'm very confident that everything with Bukayo will be sorted very shortly yeah so and we need sounds, to that would have released that as a sandbite from Sammy yeah, tomorrow. No, we need to. <laughs> but I mean, just, yeah, like, speak, you know, speak, um, speaking of him, he popped up everywhere. He played centrally. He played very well, was overlapping on the left. He ended up, um, you know, he, was, he got closer to Pepe um, for the assist for Pepe as well. Yeah. Also, he, he, he had that run through the middle of the park where if he just released it as, as, as oh, a millisecond Oba, like earlier for Oba, that's on that offside as well. I mean, it was offside. And fair enough, I was watching Tottenham last night and I saw that Son decision. And I said, you know, fine, fair enough. Like, I'm looking about consistency of decision-making across the board. Yeah, but, it's offside. It's, but yeah, but it's, yeah, like, but it's not, it's not, a, yeah, come on. It's that stupid it's, it's AR a, thing. It's a, it's, it's a killer. It's a killer. But you see what I'm saying? Man. It was encouraging. So in terms of the that people will rubbish Arsenal's performance because of the result, yeah, the end result. But the performance was encouraging and it's something that we have. I'm not saying that we played good. We sound like losers. No. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. But... <laughs> we do. I'm but, not saying that we but, played good. But, 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 but the, the bar is in hell. <laughs> so. We are losers. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and this is what it is as we well. I think so you, mid. 
between now and the end of the season, this is the type of thing. Like we are clutching at straws, but what we have to look, you, listen, Arsenal fans, forget this season. Write this season off. Just it's write done. the season off. It's done. If it's done. write the league off, the FA Cup, yeah, maybe, maybe you could try to think. But don't do that. Don't do that. To, write the whole thing off. Write everything off. But work towards next season. And I think this is what it is. Arteta is really getting to find out his players, and he's really getting to find out who am I going to be able to rely on next next season who am I going to be able to put in there and trust who is going to be able to do a job for me who's going to you know who's going to turn up and put in professional performances and whatnot and whatnot and I think fine like you know he needs to be given this opportunity to figure this out because he he is literally separating the wheat from the chaff so yeah man you know I'm not expecting the world tomorrow we, no we will lose we'll get a draw at best but yeah man we, we move from there we take signs of encouragement and we move Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Yeah. All right. Let me quickly go through some uh, listeners questions before we wrap things up then. So um, I've got a couple from the Discord. Um, guys, if you haven't joined the Discord, please do. We will be doing a live match uh, show tomorrow. So you can tune in and we'll be, I'm, I'm hoping to see Dan and Shauna, if I'm being honest, because me and Shauna have been repping. Listen, I, need to share, I need to share listen. the pain. I need to share the pain. Let me let me find out if I can. If I can nah, get... listen. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of these nasty mugger guys in there. Yeah, yeah, well, nasty, you know? and, nasty. And, and even and there's and even some nasty and chessy hour guys yeah, as well. Yeah, man. Nasty, nah, nasty, man. So man. you know, you just but it's a, but it's, a, it's a good it's it's a good it's good fun it's good fun. So join the Discord and we'll be live. I don't know what time we're starting to um the game. Five five thirty. I think. Is it five kickoff tomorrow? It might be. Is, is it 5.30 start 6pm kickoff? So yeah. yeah, we'll be live from about 5.30 for, for tomorrow. So, so you can tune in on our Discord. Um, there's a question here from Wavy on the Discord. He said, more of a question for Lou and the rest of you guys. Um, with David Luiz signing the extension, um, married signing despite injury, what are everyone's preferred scenarios at centre-back heading into the new season? So it's interesting that this question is um, that um, Sammy brought up Upamakanu. Up which obviously is a name that's kind of gone dead a bit. And we just kind of assumed, well, there was a lot of speculation linking him with Bayern that that deal was, you know, apparently going through or whatever. I don't know what's happened there. Dan it's it's, it's not him, because but... um, Bayern have just signed Tangai Kouassi from PSG. Oh, okay. I don't think who, I think we could have been in free <laughs> <Right>. transfer. <laughs> we, we could have. We, we could have got him. Um, right. Wouldn't have cost any money, and he's a good talent. He <laughs> uh, wouldn't know. have. He wouldn't have picked us over by him, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We, we would have had to have. Yeah, we would have had to have done that business early. To be yeah. Fair. But yeah, yeah. You're there's, right, there's, though. Missed opportunity. Big miss. There's a, there's a point about Bayern and Lupa Meccano still though for me because I know that Bayern are actively looking to sell Lucas Hernandez and they're speaking to people. Oh, yeah, they're going to sell him to PSG, right? What, what's what, is this Hernandez guy that good to be nicking 72, 80 million pound moves like? To fucking, he's pretty decent, but I don't think the. But, the but ha- if he's that good, why why is he not starting ahead of Alaba, who they're playing centre back? Yeah, because Alaba is better. He's better. He's just simply better. Alaba is just a, a ridiculous player for- who's just like amazing in every position that he plays, and he's just unreal. But yeah, just going back to the question, guys. Um, 
Sammy did obviously mention that Upa Makano is still a target. Financially, it doesn't look possible at all. Unless we got, like... He did keep saying caveats if we sell, right? If we sell, he's talking about that. But yeah, go on, Dan. We say that it's not financially possible. There's there's a few things we've got to consider with Upa Makano. His contract is up next summer. Yeah. Mm. So whatever fee we were... Um, looking to pay it, I'll pay last it's year. This, this is not the fee. Similar yeah. situation like, as Oba, right? I guess. I, yeah, I, yeah. The only factor is the, is the age, I guess. Yeah. Yes, and then COVID obviously, obviously as well. And German teams are very they don't they don't usually let players run down their contracts. So I expect him to leave. I mm. expect him to go somewhere, um, especially. Okay. A so, 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 like so how, how much do you reckon he'll go? Because obviously they said his release clause dropped to sixty million this year, but obviously that was that was that was before COVID. So, I think I, 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 I thought his release was going to be 40 this summer. I think no, no, his it was, it was, currently is. I think it was 80 last year. 80. It was 80 last year and there's 60 this year. Value um, <laughs> just plummeting. But yeah, but obviously because of COVID now, and, and as Dan said, um, in an ideal world, cool, I would sign him, him and Saliba. That would be great. Everyone would be happy. But um, realistically, I, I don't see how we are going to sign another centre back unless there's various departures. So, so with me, I would hope to be going into next season with Marion Saliba. That would be my preferred partnership. It's not great, but obviously it's the best of a bad best of a bad bunch. So um and even then that's quite unfair on Saliba. Like it is unfair. I've, but I've, I've, <laughs> not, I mean it's not unfair for a player to play, but I mean the expectation adapting to a new yeah. league, 19 years old, barely any first team experience. Barely any. You know, he hasn't I'd even have, played 50 games before. I don't I'd, know. I'd, I'd I'd have David Luiz and Saliba, you know. Um, we can we can we, we, we can say what we want, especially right now. You know, people are going to look at me like I'm crazy because of the mistakes that he he made the other day against City. But he is he is the best centre back that we currently have at our club. Mm-hmm. And then I think, as far as Saliba is concerned, he needs to play as much football as possible to next season to be able to <laughs> adapt and get used to the league. Yeah, I think you will need to um, rest him at times and on occasion to avoid yeah, like burnout. But he has to play. We spent thirty to, million pounds on him. Spent he thirty million play. on him. He's, he's he, got to play. One, yeah, we we are we are putting a lot of hopes on him, um, rightly or wrongly. So he needs to adapt, and we need to do everything we can as a club to help him acclimatize. And, Until and also, I see more from 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 Mari, because yeah. I, my my I I don't know if Mari is a good player or a bad yeah. player. I simply have not seen enough from him. So that's why I wouldn't. Do you know what it is, Shabs? Technically, you are right. That if we're speaking, looking at technicalities, David Luiz is the best defender at yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. And but obviously, the thing about him is that he will have like about yeah. We just, we just cost us the him. most points in our whole team. Yeah, we we, we 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 just don't know when he's going to collapse and cost oh, the team. Like because oh. at, at the start of Arteta's like reign, he was playing well. He was doing well. He cost us the game against Olympiacos. We went out the Europa League. He cost us against Man City. He's just always got a head loss moment in him. And I just don't know how, how much longer you can pursue with that. He can have like, say out of five games, he can have like three, eight out of, like three, eight out of ten games. Then the next two games, he just drops two out of ten it's, games. It's, like, the stat is a red card or a penalty given away every three games in his you know Arsenal I mean? career. But again, put that, that is terrible from him. But again, oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me add in an error leading to a goal as yeah. well. But again, put that into a context of how bad we are as a, as a, as a side. Because, yeah, I've... He, I we're not that bad under he's, Arteta, though. He's, he's got, he's not, no, not, not, not under Arteta, but the stat was about his Arsenal career. Yeah, and no, you're right. His you're Arsenal right. career, we have, had, we have no defensive security outside of our defence. Do you know what I mean? We have no midfielders who offer us protection. Um, 
you know, we're poor in transitions. We make silly mistakes higher up the field, you know what I mean? And he has to spend large periods of time here, um, dif- you know, just, just under pressure. And anyone who, like, you know, teams sustain attacks against us time and again, especially late on, you're going to make mistakes, man. It's just the way that football goes. So, yeah, he is bad, but there's a reason he's worse with us than he, has, than he was at Chelsea. And that's because they offer and are able to protect him. We're not, you know what I mean? So I genuinely believe he'll go to another side and will not make any, a, a side probably worse than us after his Arsenal career. And they won't make the, he won't make the volume of individual errors that he's making whilst at Arsenal. And that's about us, not about him. Yo, sorry, I was eating, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I, I, I just think the centre back business we do will very much depend on the Alvarez. We all said this, so we have so many centre backs on the books. It would be weird to buy a centre back when we have what seven or eight. Mother Panos will leave. Mustafi or Socrates need to leave last year of their contract. Um, holding, I would flog. Um, so that's already four centre backs gone. If they all go. Then we might be able to do some business, but let, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what really happens here. Um, but it was interesting how he, how he quite specifically said everyone from top to bottom is fully on this transfer. So um, at least they're picking out the right players. Um, shame we we don't have the ba- the bag for it right now. <laughs> right, let me just do yeah oh yeah. Let me just do a few more questions. Um... Uh, okay. Um, Evo Mac asked, "What transfer model should Arsenal follow, and how much time should be given to implement it?" This this is quite interesting because I saw some quotes from Mislintat today, and he was saying something about there's no structure, is a mess, and um, I saw some interesting tweets actually, like listing the players that um, we signed under Mislintat, and there there were some questionable signings as well. Um, Lichtensteiner was very questionable um, Obviously there were some good ones as well with Le- Leno But Socrates was hella questionable mm-hmm. God knows how old he was And we paid like 20 million for him um, So um, to, to answer the question My, my, my strategy would be um, if, we, if we spend Or if we're blowing the bag only on prime players So someone like Partey is 27-28 We can still blow the bag on him um, Generally you'd look to sign players under 25 um, players that um, with an upside. So if you sign up a 20 mil, um, has, has the potential to be a 40, 50 million pound player. Um, also, I think we need to do little pickups. So something that the Mother Panels do, I actually quite am a fan of. A player that played a few times for us, we send him out on loan, he picks up interest, and we will, we will, it looks like we're going to get double figures for him. So those are really the deals that, that could earn us a lot of money. Um, so I think, I think those are the deals we need to focus on as well. But generally, um, we need to have a clear, defined way of playing football. That's how most um, most of the top teams do their recruiting. And they know exactly what they need in, in certain positions. And they have like the top three to top five attributes that they need from the centre midfielder. And he has to take every single box, not four out of five, five out of five. And when, when we have this guy, we'll get, we do anything to get him. So um, this kind of seems like um, the party thing for me. So we know he takes all the boxes. Um, Maybe in the past, some of the signings, um, I think Torreira, for example, if you're looking at strategy, um, there were 
Mizentad obviously was um, uh, he has this system where he, um, where he looks at player similarities based on statistics, not necessarily playing style, but the statistics and deeper statistics than just the, the statistics they're feeding feed to the regular fan. But he, he, he basically, we looked, we looked for a player like Kante and the, the system spit out Herrera and we bought him based off that. So it is interesting um, seeing what we do going forward and what profiles we're looking to sign because I'm sure they're still uh, making use of some, 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 some use of the system to find similar players or similar player types. Um, but let's 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 see. But definitely, we need to have an identification for every single position. What the top five um, skills and attributes are, and based on those, we need to sign them. And they need to take all the boxes. If they don't tick them, we shouldn't sign them. I, I agree with that. Possible. I agree with that as well. But I think as as well, I think what's important, what's really important for us is that um, the process is driven as much as possible by um, Arteta himself. And when I say that, I mean in terms of the identification of players, a selection of players. He has to be able to say, this is the player that I need. This is the type of player that I know. Or this is the player that I need for right now, who is going to, who already has demonstrated capabilities of playing the way that I need my team to play, you know? And then that go into your hierarchical structure and them doing the work, them making the magic. Because, and I think Sammy was touching on it, but yeah, these guys shouldn't really, like Raul shouldn't really have much Doesn't say in what, like he shouldn't. You're, you're like, you're a businessman. Do the business, you know, do the business. But if Arteta's saying, yeah, these, this is the player that I need, it needs to kind of be that. And I do think like, yeah, that, that the age profile is important, but I think you need the right age profile across the side. So for example, we have so many aging, aged centre-backs. So we need a, a younger centre-back. We need a relatively like there's nothing wrong with a Saliba deal, but I'd want like a 25 year old, 26 year old who preferably has some experience, who has the attributes that we need, but has some experience of playing in the prem. And if not in the prem, then at a, a, like a, a good comparable league. And I think it's that's important to consider as well, not just because uh, Upper Meccano does work well, but then we've got two 21 year old center, two 20, 21 year old, 22 year old center backs, you know, 22 year old and then Saliba. And then the experience kind of, as, as far as their age, that kind of comes out of it. And then with that, that's a different kind of process, isn't it? You know, they've got the physicality and the attributes, but, you know, they're young, they're inexperienced as a collective, and they're probably going to make a lot of different types of mistakes as well. So mm. you have to be quite careful. Um, yeah. Chaps, just to butt in what you, what you said about Ateta being part of the process, I'm mm. sure that process is, um, is going to be something that will be in, um, worked on with Arteta's input. Um, mm. But I think that will mainly be driven by Edu. And he, mm. will, he will take in um, Arteta's consideration on board. Mm. And he will probably, he will, he will identify players. He probably run them past Arteta. I think generally the way it works with, um, with the way clubs do it is that the, the coach gives some input, but really the, the head of, um, well, the director of football, he's responsible for the identification of the talents. Um, mm. Unless the coach specifically names certain players, they might pursue them. But usually, the, the coach just gives an outline of what type of player they need, and mm. then the director. They'll go and do the yeah, yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Sean, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not really in much disagreement with you. Um, I, I just, I, I just need everything just to be aligned and streamlined. In an ideal world, for me, it would be similar to the Dortmund Leipzig model, um, and occasionally splashing the bag when necessary. That that, mm. that would be. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think we need to spend like massive, massive amounts to have good players. Yeah. We just need to um, be identifying the right type and, and and purchasing well. But that that's always what the doubt in my mind will be about this agent-led approach. So, but yeah, we'll yeah. see. I think All right, lads. Thing, Go on, oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, and stop gaps as well. I think, Dan, you touched on it. Uh, we shouldn't be afraid of stop gaps. We shouldn't be afraid of picking up cheap players, free players, or loan players to know you're not who I want. You're not who we want long-term, but you're here to fill a need for this season, really. So even if you're picking up a player on a two-year, three-year, knowing that I'm only going to really need you for a year, or two, just as backup or whatever, but the the the, the finance involved isn't going to be huge or exponential on us as a club. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think loads of clubs have done those kinds of deals and um, they haven't, uh, if nothing else, they haven't suffered for doing those kinds of deals. You know, We obviously can't afford to make mistakes, so that's probably where it comes from. But if you're talking about freeze and loans, relatively low risk. So I don't, I don't think uh, fans should should... Should, should get on the club's back either if we're picking up these type of unknowns um, or whatnot. Like I said earlier, for every, you know, for every Van Dyke, there's a Clavan somewhere along the, uh, along the road, you know what I mean? So more than, one, purpose. more than one Clavan. Yeah, more than one. Yeah. In our case, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, I'm, I'm going to call it a day there. just want to give um, another thank you to Samish and uh, thank you to you guys as well for, for joining us. I um, hope you found it uh, informative. We'll be providing you a lot more content like that. But you might have to pay for it. We'll see. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, um, guys, uh, make sure to follow us on the Discord. We are on there. We have a touch of you in the chat. We're obviously doing the live match show tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that. Subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all of them things there. And we'll be back uh, next week. See you later, guys. Peace. Peace. That's a 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go!
Total Wine & More is a wonderland to explore. Thousands of wines and spirits, unexpected pairings and great gifts, low prices and helpful guides. Make the holidays magical at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly, be 21. Sports Social Podcast Network.